standard issue for all women. Hello, Jen here to tell you about this week's episode of the this week rather appropriately named Sunday Chops. Because this week we are talking to food writer and author Jack Monroe. See what I did there? Chops, food, got it. Yes, of course you do, because you're, you're not stupid. Anyway, Jack came in to chat to Mick and I about her new book, Tin Can Cook, which is, well, I mean, it is what it says on the tin. See what I did there? Of course you do. You're not stupid. I actually didn't even mean to do it. I'm not going to tell you what it's all about, because she's going to do that in just a tick. But I am going to say, we do talk at the end of this about how Jack is trying to get these cookbooks into food banks. But what we don't do is give you the link to use should you wish to donate to that. So I'm going to give it to you now. It is uk.gofundme.com forward slash donate hyphen tin hyphen can hyphen cook hyphen two hyphen food banks. Or you can probably just Google it and I'm sure that will work just as well. It's lovely to chat to Jack as ever and a very fascinating chat indeed it was and I hope that you will enjoy after this short message from Michaela Noonan. Hello, Mickey here. Sorry to interrupt your listening pleasure but I just thought as you're having such pleasure listening you might be up for helping us out in making more content that champions women. That's easy to do. You can just bob along to our Patreon page www.patreon.com forward slash standard issue and any spare bunch you might have found in your pocket down the back of the sofa, feel free to chuck it to us. Much obliged. We are joined by food writer and author Jack Monroe. Hi, Jack. Hello. Hi, Jack. Thanks for joining us. Uh, you're welcome. Um, you've taken a, a series of trains to get here today to Des- talk to us. Despite being snotty as fuck as well. Yeah, yeah, sick there. and just disgusting, generally. Just like, but we feel the love the in the room. There's a lot of love in the room. There's a lot of love in this very small room. Very small, quite warm room. Yep. But Jack has come here on this series of trains to talk to us about her new book, Tin Can Cook. I have. So, can you tell us a bit about it, please, Jack? <laughs> well, without wanting to sound facetious, it's a cookbook entirely from tins um, basically where uh, did you get the title uh, well do you know what it came to me in a fever dream um, so i just uh, i just wanted to write a cookbook really that filled the gap in the market for people who the cookbook industry tends to overlook having been one of those people myself and i wanted to basically write a, an apocalyptic post-Brexit food bank cookbook. <laughs> so uh, and so it's as, about as cheerful as I am. <laughs> it's the one to keep in the bunker. Yeah, definitely. It's the one to keep in your Brexit bunker or, you know, with all the tins at the back of the cupboard in case of the apocalypse. And it's definitely the, the, the wasteland cookbook of dreams. <laughs> one of the things behind it was that you wanted it to be something that people who use food banks could use to yeah. make decent food for themselves yeah definitely it was as a former food bank user myself i wanted to write the book that i wish that i'd had back then because as i say most cookbooks are just you know have some beef that's had a massage or some extra virgin olive oil or the best of absolutely everything or all these spices you've got to go to nine different postcodes to get and i was like well what do you do if you've literally got a can of stewed steak and a can of tomatoes and a can of beans and, and you want to turn that into dinner so i've basically wrote the book that I wish that I'd had and it's been handed out for uh, free at food banks up and down the country and people are really loving it people who aren't food bank users are really loving it Um, and it's yeah it's doing really well it's doing a lot better than I thought that it would because I thought you know it would just be 
like a pamphlet that would get handed out to people in desperate situations. And it's an actual book. It's like a proper book. It um, is. And it's a proper book that keeps storming up the charts, taking me and the food world by surprise, I think. Um, yeah, I don't will. know how many people are buying it just to flick through it and slag it off. I don't care. Royalties are royalties, <laughs> aren't they? And, you know, someone wrote to me the other day saying, oh, I bought this book and I, I'm furious because it's got hot dogs in it. And I'm like... Still bought you though, didn't you? <laughs> so thank yeah. you very much. Which <laughs> bit of tin can yeah. didn't you understand? That? I know, I know. It does it, it does entertain me. Someone wrote me a furious email in the middle of the night about the number of tinned tomatoes in this book, and I was like, tin. Can cook tin, tin can cook tin tomatoes. Anyone? And anyway, tin tomatoes are great. They're yeah, so they go in everything, off. and they do go in absolutely everything. And they're good for you and stuff. Just, just people. People never fail to astound me for many, many reasons. Can I ask about the process? How do you come up with the recipes? What do you do? Oh no, this was super nerdy. Actually, I've got bookcases in my office so just like argos mdf bang together bookcases rather than like this palatial study it's <laughs> you know some bits of wood that have been chucked together in a, in a haze by me and i split them the shelves into four one of them was protein one of them was carbs one of them was fruit one of them was vegetables and i went and got loads of tins from the supermarket and I put them on these shelves by their category and I just sat there randomly selecting things off the shelves and just being like, I'll have that and that, and then what can I put with it that all balances back out again? And then I would shuffle them around the table and I'd try to make them work. And So there's a lot of theory went into it. I think people think that I'm a bit mad and they'd be absolutely right um, <laughs> because I am a little bit bonkers. But there was also a lot of culinary theory went into it and about balancing flavours and textures and making things interesting and making things taste good. And some stuff even resembles classic recipes um, very, very loosely. But I wanted to basically make it fun and make it enjoyable but also to replicate that, oh God, I've only got these three tins in the cupboard, can I make a meal out of them? scenario i could have done with that at university where I, I, probably one of the tin cans in the cupboard was a fray bentos pie so. oh yeah i mean let's just open that and eat that i mean there's, there's not much else you can you know, don't need like, to do anything with that no. it's, a, it's a stone yeah. cold classic what were your favorite surprises oh there were loads along the way one of them was stewed steak and i got about 70 percent of the way through the book before i started to tackle meat recipes because even though I've got a working class background, I grew up on like corned beef and spam and stuff, there was still something about stewed steak and chicken in white sauce that I was like, I was unfamiliar with. Except my mum's Northern Irish and every now and then we would have stewed steak for dinner, like stewed steak and onions. So we'd have a can of stewed steak and she'd chop some onions into it to make it like stretch into a meal with mash. So on the one hand, I was like, oh, stewed steak. And on the other hand, I was like, oh, what proper fancy that. We only had that on special occasions. So yeah. this real conflicted idea of what stewed steak was and what it was for, apart from like my mum. So I got it from the supermarket and I thought well first we've got to get rid of all this gunk that it's in because it's about 50 percent of the weight of that can of stew steak is gravy and i know because i rinsed it and weighed it <laughs> because i was like i want to know how much this actually steak and how much this is like flour and fat and like half of it is flour and fat and started to use it in recipes like feijoada, um, bourguignon, anything that would call for slow cooked beef i was like well someone's done all the slow cooking for you so you can make a classic slow-cooked beef recipe in 15 minutes. My mum would totally make goulash cheating, with it. But 
Yeah, all the time. That was goulash. Yeah. It was goulash with stew and steak, tomatoes, and then like a packet spice mix. Yeah, absolutely. And so there were things like that that surprised me along the way. The pudding section was, you know, I had a real mental block about that because to me, tea and pudding is a can of peaches. Yeah. You open yeah. a can of peaches, eat your peaches from the can. And if you're feeling super flush, you have some evaporated milk. Yes, I was just going to say just a bit of evap on it. Exactly. And that's it. And, and then I was like, oh no, I've got to develop some actual recipes because <laughs> even for me, open tin, pour into other tin might have uh, irritated people. But Is condensed milk in there a lot? Yeah, there's oh, condensed milk in there. It's a fudge recipe. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. I've seen that and I'm, I'm going to have a go at that. Yeah. My mum, every Christmas, when like very, very working class background, she would ask when she was little for a tin of condensed milk as one of her Christmas presents oh. and she could make it last a week. Oh, I don't know how amazing that. though, isn't it? How do you make it look? I can I just know. eat it. Yeah. So you got good. to scrape all the yeah. bit off, and you've got to be so careful because no matter how you open it, that lid is always really sharp. Yeah, yeah. I, I've cut my tongue I've open. That. I've, <laughs> yeah. cut my, I've cut my tongue making that lid before. But also, if you've got a rubber spatula, you can use it to get all of the extra mm. condensed milk out of the side because that stuff is thick and it sticks to sides. And yeah. if you don't like scrape it out properly, you leave half of it in the tin. Absolutely, good but tip. Condensed milk is good. Got to make the most of that. I actually made one of these recipes last night. It is pasta with uh, like mushroom soup. Oh yeah, and tuna and sweet corn. I think Sounds it's amazing. called pasta with tuna. And pasta. <laughs> That's probably what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they didn't have because my mum used to make a variation of this when we were little, which was like Campbell's condensed soup yeah, with like rice soup. or whatever. I live in Dalston, and it was a Sunday, and everywhere was shut. So the only thing I could find was like some wanky miso and mushroom whatever thing uh, in my co-op. But but yeah, my mum used to make something along those lines. And I was thinking it's not just like cheap to make, it's quite sort of easy to make as yeah, well. Yeah, they're so... all well simple to make. I've basically nicked a load of these recipes from working class mums, like our mums, like our generation of mums, and been like, what did my mum used to do? Well, she would get a can of tomato soup, pour it over some pasta, fill it up with, again with water or milk, pour, depending on how flush she was feeling, pour it back over the pasta, stick it in the oven and bake it. I was like, right, I'm having that. Yeah. I'm having a stewed steak, I'm having my granny beaties, mince and onions. I'm, I'm just, you know, because it's how a lot of people used to cook. And then all the celebrity chefs came along and went, oh, you must go to this market. You must, like, have all these, pick up a fistful of monstu from here and a spice from there. And, and how we cook became more about how it looked, not just to ourselves, but to our Instagram accounts and stuff like that. And I'm just like, well, you could just drag yourself to your cupboard with a hangover or whatever and knock some tins together and make yourself a perfectly reasonable meal out of it. And that's... It's not even just the the speed, the economy, like it's really good for people on a budget. But what I find as someone who lives on her own is if I want to do a recipe, I mm. end up with so much waste. Yeah. And it's cutting back on that as well. Yeah, definitely, because you use the whole tin. There's no waste involved. There's no chopping. I've got readers who've got disabilities or mobility problems who are like, this is really simple for me because I don't have to stand and chop stuff. It doesn't use up too much energy. It's literally just an entry-level cookbook for people who might not have thought that cooking was for them. Literally. Hello, Hannah here. Just wanted to let you know that if you like what we do, you can help us by rating and reviewing us on iTunes. It really does help, especially if you give us five stars. Did that sound threatening enough? Give us five stars. Can I ask about food banks? Mm. Now, obviously, they're still shit. They're great because they keep people 
fed. Yeah. But there is this thing where they're being embraced as like, oh, well, they exist, so that's that problem solved. Oh, yeah, mainly by Tory MP. Exactly. <laughs> why, <laughs> why do they want to be photographed there handing it? And that just to me get, is like, do you know that you're the reason failed. for this? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Smile. I, I get yeah. asked sometimes by very well-meaning people, oh, will you come and open a food bank? And I'm like, absolutely categorically not. I'm just... I'm going to stand there grinning, cutting a ribbon, going, yay, everything's gone wrong. You know, woo, more hungry people. It's like, no. I mean, I truly appreciate that people are meeting a need in their communities Mm -hmm. and that is neighbours and communities coming together to ensure that their friends and the people in their community are being fed. I absolutely abhor the reasons why they exist in the first place. It's like, you know... I can't even think of an analogy for it because there isn't one really. Just awful. It's just awful. Yeah, it's just like, you know, the fact that this book even exists is a damning indictment of the state that we're in as a society. That someone's had to come along and go, oh, well, there are now so many food bank users, I better write a cookbook for them. Yeah. Well, that's the thing because it's not getting any better, is it? It's getting... No, it's getting categorically worse. Yeah. yeah. And, and you get people like Jacob Rees Mogg or whoever going, oh, oh, I'm overjoyed at this, or whatever the word was. Please don't sue me. But it sounded like overjoyed and it was like overjoyed, but, you know, delighted or something, or heartwarming or uplifting, or all the words that are completely inappropriate to describe a food bank opening in your constituency. It's like, this is a representation of the people in your constituency that would possibly starve, possibly to death, without this intervention that should have been covered by the welfare state that you're all decimating. Tell me again which part of that you're really, really pleased about. Yeah. And it's... Yeah, it is. It's just... And it's getting worse, and... And I don't really know what the answer is, so all I can do really is just bang my tins together and go, hey, you're in a crap situation, but um, I'm going to try and make it a little bit better for you. So apart from a copy of Tin Can Cook, what are the most useful things that people could put in a food bank on the way out of the supermarket? Or if This they time of year, this is going to sound really weird, but sun cream? Yes, mm. yeah. Because sun cream is so prohibitively expensive. Yeah. Um, so sun cream is one thing that I'd urge people to donate to food banks in the summer. It might seem a little bit weird and people might be like, well, you can't eat that. And you're like, well, no, but, you know, people in poverty are also at disproportionate risk of disease because they can't afford the preventative measures that other people would take to look after themselves. Yeah. But apart from sun cream, sanitary towels, tampons, um, yeah. just food, ambient food products, any and every kind. They get a lot of beans and soup, so think outside of those particular boxes. Stewed steak, guys. Stewed steak, absolutely. Stewed steak's fantastic and good for you and packed full of protein and stuff like that. So, yeah, stewed And tin vegetables. People scoff at them, but they're so useful. The amount of times I've had to throw half a bag of carrots out. Yeah. But you have them in a tin. You could have had a tin of carrots, though. Yeah. You you, you could literally add a tin of carrots and not have been throwing those away. So you're doing something else with this book as well, aren't you? You have like a crowdfunder as well, right? Yeah, there's been... um, I set up a fundraiser to try and basically get one copy into every food bank so they could photocopy them and hand them out to their food bank users. And we've now got 100 copies in every food bank so people can have a physical copy themselves. And it's still going. That number's still climbing. had some cynical people be like, well, you just want to sell copies of your book. And I'm like, well... No, it's not. I, I'm not selling these. They're literally coming directly from a wholesaler to the food banks. They don't even come past me. No. Nothing comes. Like it's literally just a good deed. Cynical people. It's a, it's a nice gesture. No one believes they exist um, anymore. I know, and it's just like. And also, if I wanted to sell, like 
thousands upon thousands of cookbooks, I'd write a middle class coffee table mm. edition, like trotting around my homeland or something, rather than <laughs> rather than be like, "Hey, stewed steak, I can make this taste great." I mean, it's a hard sell. Jack, but, I don't yeah, wish so to be cynical, but well. are you sponsored by stewed steak? <laughs> I'm not actually, um, but it's just been a surprising revelation to me over the over the last few months of to just how versatile it is. But I am available for um, corporate hookups <laughs> if um, if stewed steak big like big stewed steak want to get in touch um I'm, I'm your girl. Such a sellout. <laughs> I am actually a massive sellout. I'm not actually a massive sellout. No, you're not. But, um, but do you know what? I could, I could, they could do worse. I mean, I'm, I'm literally making them sexy again. It's like <laughs> sexy corned beef. Sexy corned beef. It's where it's at. <laughs> I fucking love a bit of corned beef. I, I really think like I might make. Beef. I might make another one of these tonight. There's some good corned beef ones. There's like a corned beef goulash, actually. Mm. Corned beef bolognese is great because it goes down because it's granular. It goes Mm. right down into this really like mincy mince. It's good. Delicious. (laughs) Let's end this interview so we can run home. Yeah. Back to Yorkshire. (laughs) (laughs) With an industrial sized tin of spam. (laughs) Lovely stuff. It's going to ride some spam home. (laughs) Jack, what else have you got going on at the minute? Anything else you want to tell us about? Writing another book. What are you writing another book about? Uh, well, my, I've written another one and I'm writing another two. Uh, but food and cookery. Yeah. <laughs> Will you be but, massaging any stewed steak? No, there'll be no, there's no massage cows in any of them. Um, the next one's a vegan one. The one after that is um, like a book of recipes for like, self-care when you're anxious or depressed. And I can't remember what the other one after oh. that is. But it's another one. <laughs> I mean, I'm just for all the people who are like, oh, I think she's finally run out of ideas. She's cooking with stewed steak and tinned mandarins. I'm like, got another three cookbooks coming yet, bitches. Hold your horses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, really sorry if that irritates you, but I'm not going anywhere yet. I hope it does. I hope it irritates them so much they come out in a rash. Yeah, well, someone emailed me the other night and said, I think you should really look for another career path. I said, I've just got to sign off the next cookbooks that I'm writing, and, um, and then I'm sure that I, something else think. might come along. Um, and he emailed back and was like, oh, you've got another three books coming out. I was like, yes, I hope that really annoys you. <laughs> Have a lovely day. <laughs> Jack, where can we follow you on Twitter to say nice things rather than what about those mandarins? I'm on Twitter at Bootstrap Cook. That's Cook, C-O-O-K. And on Instagram at Jack underscore Monroe. And online at jackmonroe.com. And the book is, I assume, available in all good bookshops. In all good bookshops and terrible ones too. Awesome. (laughs) And I have recommended this on Twitter and I'm going to recommend to the listeners, buy two, give one to a food bank. That would be lovely. And also, I retract that, there are no terrible bookshops. They just aren't, are there? Jack, thanks very much for joining us. No, thank you for having me. Hey there, you lot. If you want to follow every aspect of our lives on social media and why wouldn't you because you're only human you can we're on twitter as a team at standard issue uk or individually on at inspiragen at that dunleavy and at mixter noonan and i'd like to think it'll be fairly obvious who's who we're on facebook as well at standard issue magazine and even instagram at standard issue podcast come to us look at our faces Standard issue for all women.